forth with you today. Um, first of all, pardon my voice tonight. Um, but I feel that we need to have a conversation as a family. Um, and I think that's one of the things that encouraged um, the decision for us not to go live, but to speak privately to the family. Um, of course, I can see all the messages. Good evening to everyone. Good evening to Ireland. I've seen Wells. I've seen everyone. Good evening to everyone. And forgive me if I don't directly greet you, but I want to get into a conversation with the family. Um, we're talking about impact tonight. Um, and my thoughts will be, how does one um, have an impact on anything or anyone? And that's where my thoughts have been today. And I want to share with you um, a story. We're going to look into a family and an extended family to relay the things that I feel that I found in scripture that will be key to make sure that we are constantly having an impact on our world. The first thing I want to say to you tonight is unless the word, like Pastor Glody was saying tonight, unless the word has an impact on you, you will not have an impact on anybody. Can we establish that thought first? Um, I am overwhelmed with what happened over the last week from the word Congress through to Hope 22, through to the many souls we saw come through the doors um, from all over Europe. I'm also amazed and overwhelmed with how easy it was to recreate that family feel with people who are miles away from us. How people can be born in a different background, may not have been born in your own house, but somehow they can respond like you if they spend enough time with you. Again, my thought being impact. And if you see the title come tonight as impact, we are, we're not deviating away from the ideas of culture that we've been speaking on. We're not moving away from leadership. In fact, like I said to you, I will need to kind of tell you a story for you to be able to pick wisdom from. And I can give you many examples. The second thing I want to say to you, and I hope you do take notes of the things that I'm saying to you. It may come in handy. The second thing I want you to know is, so through my contemplation, thoughts about how we can constantly grow in having an impact on our world. And the submission being that if God does not have an impact on us, if the word does not have an impact on us, we will not have been able or we will not be able to have an impact on a world. The second thing that came out of that is this, and I need you to think, of, think about what I'm saying. Take note of it and we'll get back to it at some point tonight. So if you don't hear me now, you lose track because I'm going to go around in telling the story just to get to one point. I found, and this is my second point, I found a function of the word. I found 
a function in the word and I can give many examples. Um, and I will give these examples just that we won't go to the scriptures or this won't be longer than it needs to be. But one of the functions of the words that I found in scripture is that the word will make every effort to make known to you or bring about your awareness of what you already have in your possession. We're talking about impact tonight. Are you here with me? So let me give an example because I know that sounds very vague. It was the word's duty to look at Moses. Moses came across a problem in leading people. It was called the Red Sea, one of many problems, but probably one of his biggest problems. Being, in the f being that he had never come across such magnitude, a, a, a problem that big. How would he deliver three million people and deliver them from the hands of their oppressors? But being met with the Red Sea, how would they get through that? I want you to take note of the scripture. And if in case tonight you're not um, greatly knowledgeable about scriptures, just follow me. You will hear points that I need to share with you. First point again, Moses being met with the Red Sea. That's a problem. How would we get the people that I'm leading? How would I get free? How would I get through this matter? What was the duty of the word then? Not only in that situation, when Moses thought, if I go to Egypt and I tell the people that I am the liberator that you have sent, to emancipate the people, yeah? How would they believe me? Did you take note of what God's response was to him? He said, look at what you have in your hand. Moses responded saying, it's a rod. Are you following me? I'm going to take it slow like this so that the, situ the conversation that I want to take you through or the story that I want to take you through will not become something that you read by your own culture. If you do, you'll miss everything I'm trying to tell you tonight. So slowly as I'm doing it, Moses was asked, what do you have in your hand? He said, a rod. Notice that the word at the point of a problem that Moses was going to face, Moses wanted external intervention. The word's duty was to bring about the awareness of what he already had. Forget him now. Think about Samson. Notably, you would believe that if a man was to go into war, what he would need is artillery. He would need weapons, swords, and all kinds of things. But at some point, the word enabled Samson to look at a jawbone of a donkey and deliver a people it was not the conventional way but the duty of the word is to bring about or bring your awareness to what you already have that's two examples there was a time that Christ by reason of the power of his word he was able to meet the needs of 5,000 people 5,000 people cherished his word so much that they followed him out of the city into the wilderness. There in the wilderness, an inevitable problem came to them. Hunger. That's the world's problem. Hunger. Who will feed my hunger? Who will satisfy the, 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 
the, the hunger that I am going through. And when the disciples wanted to say, let them go back so that they can go and buy, so that they can eat, the duty of the word, as Christ is eternally known as the word of God, the duty of the word was to tell the disciples, what do you have at hand? They responded, saying that there's nothing but five loaves and two fish in the hand of a boy. What am I trying to deliver to you? In the eyes of man, it is very easy for us to despise the very thing that will bring about our deliverance. Okay, so you will hear me. It's very easy. The, the amount of times that God has to say things like, do not despise your small beginnings. Because whatever will be huge tomorrow will still be at seed form with you today. It will not be delivered to you as something built. What God has the tendency of doing is he creates and he places greater value on raw materials than finished products. He is able to see soil and see so far ahead to see man produced out of soil. A normal man will look for a man. Do you understand the wisdom what I'm sharing with you? A normal man will look for someone that looks the part. A godly man is able to take the little given to him and be able to create something, a new world, out of the little given to him. I can give you many examples from scripture, from the woman that said, all I have is this little, but what was going to bring her an endless flow was the acknowledgement of the little. And we can go into many different types of things tonight. Things like, let's say for example, even the fact that Christ looked at Peter. And we know a notable situation in the life of Peter when Peter looked at Christ after Christ asked him the question, who do people say that I am? And then he went a bit further and say, who do you now say that I am? And we know the famous answer. He said, you are the son of God. You are the Messiah. Brilliant. But did you see what God did or what Christ did? He told him that accompanying you, Simon, was always a rock. I need you to now follow me. He said, upon this rock, if it had not been for the revelation, you know, sometimes, and this is why I said that you must um, today pardon or remove culture. If not, the scriptures I'm saying to you, you will already have an understanding that will make you miss out on the understanding that God has given you. Do you remember when Peter took us through a word explosion? And he told us the things that stops the understanding of God is your own understanding. So how do we grow in revelation? How do we grow more confident every time we get back to the word? We recognize our weakness so that the Holy Spirit can reveal to us our strength. Gideon thought he had nothing. There was no miracles of his day. There was no, um, there was no army mustered. But guess what happened? The word again will tell him he has a strength that he does not even recognize. So tonight what I want to speak to you again is impact, but I want us to look at certain things when we begin to think or ponder on the things we've heard about culture, leadership. Maybe just paying attention to these things will lead us to really having an impact. 
So like Pastor Glody was saying today, it's important for us, and I noted it down on my phone, it's important for us to have an understanding. Now me breaking this down. It's important for us that we have an understanding of our function. That is greatly important. And I want to tell you that that became the problem of the first man. That's what produced a fallen man and therefore produced a fallen generation. That a man created, a man made, was not sure or convicted of his making. And so was deceived by the serpent that the God's status that he was presenting to her, they had not yet attained. Let me repeat that so you can hear me. Because what's the function of, I've just given you one of the functions of the word, calling to awareness what you already have, what you already attained. What's the function of the serpent, the crafty system, is to also point to you the things you do not have. So that as opposed to enjoying and basking in what you've been made to be, you will live a life in in an endless pursuit of things that, listen to this, you would never reach. Please hear me with this. God started off saying of Adam, or in Genesis 1, verse 26, we're not going there. He says, let us make man in our own likeness. Who was speaking? Was it not God? Was he made, was mankind made in the image of an animal? No, specifically, scripture made it clear that God created man in the likeness, in the form of God. In other words, man was God. Please, I need you to hear everything I'm saying. Man was totally God. But again, what did serpent, the serpent do? The serpent becomes effective by questioning you constantly to test your conviction. I said to you last week, I believe, that it is very possible that if I ask someone who deems that what they're saying is truth, is factual, if I keep asking them, unless they are sure on how they have come up with that answer or result, if I keep questioning them, guess what will happen? I will weaken their conviction. So what did Satan do? Hurt them? No. He kept situations before Adam and Eve that will make them question their function or their making or their image to being like God's. As for them, is God restricted? Is he not allowed to have certain things? Um, does he, is he void of the knowledge of good, evil. If I'm deprived of that and I'm questioning, constantly questioned, it's possible for me to feel that I am therefore not like God. So again, that's not even where I'm going, but I need you to take note of this thought because what we want to keep or what we want to allow God to speak to us or give us wisdom on is how we can remain effective. The reason why we have to think like this, talk like this, and therefore go into scriptures is because 
God needs us to get to a place where we'll be made all the more effective. You're a man made in God's image. But if you're not having an impact, it's because you are not sure of yourself. What would the world do? Let me repeat this before we start the story tonight. The world, the system, the serpent in its craftiness will always present to you what you don't have so that you will become uncertain or discontented with who you are. In the course of that, you lose the knowledge of who you are and you begin to pursue. If you think that's just strange, look at the world and how they present celebrities. It must be, even if they don't have it, they decorate them with the things they know you don't have so that you can be in pursuit of them who also don't have. And guess what, that ha what happens as a result of that? You lose the understanding of your own function. So as Pastor Glody was speaking, I felt that it's important that we start tonight with Psalm 139. Because David was a man that had impact, not only in his own generation, but his impact will still be spoken of today because he came to terms with who God had formed him to be. I want you to read from verse 13. Let's look at this again. Back, back in what Pastor Glodius said tonight, being able to understand your own function. Go on. For you created my inmost being. Yeah. You knit me together in my mother's womb. First of all, he recognized his making being that of God's. He was not making himself. It was God that made him. Now, however he considers God will give him some form of um, assurance on the integrity of him. He was a man who considered the integrity of his own making. That this was not just, again, David did not speak and say that, look, the David that is now king of Israel, I am not made according to where I grew up. No, how do I say this now? As far as your making is still where you grew up from, there are certain positions you will never attain. Because God raises men for certain positions. He says, for you, he recognized that God was his creator. He recognized that God formed him. You know, one of the reasons why we are not effective sometimes or we fail to have an impact. Because one of them being, um, we're not sure of ourselves. I want to speak simple to you. We're not sure of ourselves. We're um, insecure because it looks like the neighbor has more than what I have to offer. Why else would there be envy even in the house of God? Because you draw wrong comparisons with people next to you and you forfeit the knowledge of your making. Why am I starting here? Everything according to Genesis chapter 1, I'm speaking to the family and soldiers and I know I have guests, we have guests on tonight. However, I want you to hear what I'm saying. According to God's power found in Genesis 1, every single thing that God creates, he labels and he titles it or he, um, his signature for all that he creates is, and it was good. 
nothing is made without it serving its purpose. Remember what Pastor Tobias taught us about good, fit for purpose. So imagine a man doing everything to become like the man that the media projects on the screens. That is someone that has forfeited the intention of God behind their making. And they are trying to become somebody else. And what you do is that you rob a generation. You rob a world of a design or an expression of God. Simply because you never dared to discover or to come to terms with the integrity of your own making. Look how long Apostle Obi would say, I don't feel like I can speak. You see the problem is, man is usually bent on what they feel like they have not yet attained or what they do not yet have. And they therefore lose the thing that they always had in their hands that will bring about their victory. For you created my inmost being, yeah? You knit me together in my mother's womb. Yeah. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Did you see David here? He says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. In other words, you did not make me by accident. Whatever could be considered to him as David as flaws or whatever would be considered to those who observed the life of David as flaws meant nothing at the moment or yet at the moment when he realized that God made him this way please I need you to hear me God made you to have a sense of family the way you do God made you to have a sense of giving that you do that you have right now he made you in this way and until you can begin to cherish that you cannot be effective look at what David said I praise you yeah because I am fearfully and wonderfully made yeah your works are wonderful I know that full well this is the scripture that comes to mind when Glody Pastor Glody was speaking I praise you in other words I bring about praise the more I am growing in the knowledge that you made me I know it sounds simple, but I need you to hear me. The way you are is God's expression to a generation. And until you can come to terms with you, until you can become a single individual, if you understand what I'm trying to say with that, if you, until you, you, you ride on the brilliance or the, the, the creativity of God in making a Sean, you cannot become effective. You cannot have an impact on the world because if you don't appreciate yourself, you will go and look for those who you think are made. I bring about praise to you because you made me. And not only that you made me, but I know that fully well. So I understand that the way I'm made, remember that Moses complained that he didn't think he could speak because he had a stuttering problem. Did you hear what God said to him? Was it not I that made you? Meaning that that was specific, needed, good, fit for purpose for what God was trying to carry out. I wanted to start off this way so that you can actually be a bit more free because PT said to us before, when you finally know who you are, you'll be powerful. When you know that 
you are not made to be anyone else other than a Sicily. In the expression of something, we're getting there tonight. If you cannot come to terms with that, you're robbing this family of the expression of God that he had as his intention when he made you. Let's carry on reading, then we can move forward. Go on. My frame was not hidden from you. My frame was not hidden from you, yeah. When I was made in the secret place, uh -huh. when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, yeah. your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book because before one of them came to be. So whatever I'll be able to do was to be considered when he started forming me. Everything that I would do. So for example, it's, you know when you look at certain talents like singing, certain people were not, they were not born, no, they didn't have to learn singing. They were born with a certain craft. There's an intention behind it. Now, God has written and ordained everything as he was forming you. He forms you to fit his intentions. Carry on reading. Let's finish this off. Go on. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. So let's leave here because this is not my point. Or this is not where I'm trying to drive to tonight. However, I just wanted to say that the more the wealth family accept our making and the integrity of our making, the more effective we'll be. It's like me constantly now saying that we're meant to win souls. You will notice that we don't labor to do it. It's who we are. The only way we will begin to prosper and see how praise is brought to God is the more we cherish his making for us. So I, I'm upstairs and I'm just thinking it's natural to kind of create a gathering wherever I am. I accept that as my making. I accept also the integrity of the one who made me this way. And based on that, I will not try to be what I'm not so that I can be effective. So the story I want to speak to you from, or the family I want us to look into, once again, like we always do, is Abraham. As we start to look at how we can grow uh, in being effective, having an impact. I want us to look, it might be a bit long-winded, but I'm hoping, I'm trusting God for wisdom on how to break it down to everyone. But I want us to look at God's um, intervention or interception, actually, how he intercepted the life of Abraham. Abraham was already on a journey that his father started. If you go and study, you will see how, how complicated that journey was things like and I don't know if it's necessary to say this now but things like have you ever considered the meaning of Abraham Abraham means the exalted father I know you've heard that before but have you ever considered how a, par a parent will look at a child and call a child an exalted father you see that it may seem like I'm just this, giving you knowledge but there's there's a truth behind it because a culture was trying to make a child according to its culture okay let's leave that um, 
you'll hear that in a moment. Again, just think about it. It's like bearing a child today and naming that child the exalted father. But you've just been born. Do you know why? Abraham's family lineage were idol worshippers. Yeah? And they were trying to name him to their gods as the father, the exalted father. The father that is exalted. It's from there that I realized the knowledge today or in study today that it now makes sense why he had to marry Sarai. Because Sarai was from a certain lineage that actually represented their gods. You see all of that? It sounds like I'm just giving you mad knowledge, yeah? Keep that in mind. Because you will always be um, a testament for what made you. Most people are made by their own cultures. That's a problem. So let's start with Genesis chapter 12. Let's start with the conversation of God with Abraham. Like Pastor Toby was showing us the other day. And let's look out for key things that will help us to remain being a people, irrespective of age and generation, fashion and what's in vogue, constantly have an impact on our generation. The Lord had said to Abraham, Genesis chapter 12, go on. Go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. Did you notice that? He said first... Abraham, leave your country, your people, and your father's household. Because there, there are compliance officers that will try to, that their duty, whether consciously or subconsciously, their duty is to make you according to their culture. And they will force you to comply with their own thoughts, culture and ideologies so he says if you're going to fully embrace what I intended for you Abraham the first thing you must do is leave leave this culture the problem is why are you not having an impact most of us have not left our culture you know it almost sounds like we're repeating certain things in this season but you can imagine me sitting down upstairs after enjoying um, um, watching a series of Vikings. Yeah, and I, I suggest you go and watch Vikings. It's amazing. The new season on Netflix. Um, I actually intended to shout them out because it's brilliant. I watched the whole thing today. But imagine me going upstairs and now saying, okay, God, what are we talking about? And he starts, in case you don't understand this, you know preachers, as Vouch, in fact, let me speak for the ones I know. So within the um, wealth family and nation family, yeah? We don't have a library where we say, okay, it's Tuesday now, here's our sermon. Yeah? We listen to the conversation. We plug ourselves to a certain frequency. And there the word comes. But imagine the kind of reverence you have when, as a preacher, you receive what God is saying now. And you think to yourself, but I thought I've outgrown this. Because God will not speak aimlessly to us. I've told you before, if we start talking about Abraham, 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 Abraham means nothing. 
the goal of us speaking about that life is to speak to you it's to speak to me so if I use these names that's why I said to you you may not be someone fully knowledgeable about scripture just hear the wisdom behind it because there's something that God is trying to say to us God's starting off with saying the reason why you don't have real impact is because you're still living according to a certain culture that culture does not have the ability to create a man of impact you will remain a man of servitude you will remain a man beneath lower than what God expected you to be you'll be a man of low degree and low esteem you will have every talent that people can observe of you but you will not be able to have a real impact because the culture from which you were born from is actually responsible because the best that culture can do is make you a commoner. You will not be able to have the impact that God intended. So he started off with Abraham and he said to Abraham, look, I need you to leave and leave these compliance officers so that you can really start to follow my way. But look at what he says. Read from verse one again. Go on. The Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Yeah. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. Actually, let's, let's acknowledge what we saw in verse 2. Read verse 2 again. I will make you into a great nation. Okay, so what sold? Um, please, again, for you to fully understand what I'm saying, um, don't try to preach ahead of me or read ahead of me. There's a reason why I have to break it down the way it is so that we can go back into whatever our secret place is and begin to bring questions before God as to why I'm not having an impact. What sold Abraham, what was enticing to Abraham, that was able to persuade him enough to leave all that he was familiar with, to venture out to what he has not yet come to know, was the fact that God proposed the making of Abraham. He said, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. He was sold by the invitation to make him. Because all that, remember that the Bible will show us that I believe he was 75 years of age. By the time he left Haran, I believe. What's interesting about that therefore is then that Abraham had already exhausted all that the culture he grew up in can make him to be. Do you understand that? He was 75 years of age. There was not, look, there was nothing more that will happen for Abraham. And sometimes God calls us when there's no chance in the world that we grew up in. He proposes to us another option, another opportunity to be made. He says, I will make you into a great nation. One of the things I want you to pay attention to, because if not, if you too know this story, if you, you know, like we'll say you too know, if you know the story too much, the problem you will find is that you're still going to be thinking about Isaac. God did not propose Isaac to Abraham. He did not propose the child being born 
to Abraham for Abraham to say, I'm willing to hear what you're saying. It was just the fact that Abraham, sorry, had probably um, reached an age where he realized there's nothing more happening to me. And the proposal of being made was enough to sell. Hear me. Was enough to sell or was enough to motivate him to step out of all that he's known for 75 years and venture into what was unknown. I will make you into a great nation, yeah? And I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Uh -huh. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. This was an amazing proposal. How would Abraham say no to this? Unless the only fight he had here, the only war and conflict he will have at this point was daring to leave what he's always known. Everything that has defined him as who he is today, that's his only conflict. But what was on the other end of leaving this was the fact that a young black community can grow to be leaders of nations. Just the hope of glory found in an embedded Christ. But let's not get there yet. He says, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Go on. So Abram went as the Lord. As soon as he heard this, he did not hesitate. Because a man that really knows that they've become nothing, when given the opportunity, will pounce at it. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. And what happened? And Lot went with him. Take note of all who went with him. Lot went with him. Go on. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Do you see that? How old he was. 75 years of age. He was set in his ways. He dared to be made again. He dared to change. Because I said the other day, I was looking at some people and I said, the reason why people, you know, I... I let me leave that the reason why people struggle to make finances is because they failed to change if you're lacking finances you're only testifying to the culture that has made you because prosperity belongs to God he was the one that said I create prosperity and I create disaster and he told us the means and the conditions for us to to embrace prosperity it's obedience to his word but look at this verse 5 go on he took his wife Sarai his nephew Lot all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran Lot seems to have a special shout out here it, it already told us that he took Lot with him it goes and repeats it that his nephew Lot came with him but look at what it goes on to say all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran yeah and they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there Abraham traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moray yeah at Shechem at that time the Canaanites were in the land the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to your offspring I will give this land here's the problem Please look at the journey here. Yeah, I know it's a familiar story, but I need you to hear it. I keep repeating it to you as conviction came to my heart that there's not one person in the wealth family that shouldn't be able to create. 
that shouldn't be wealthy. It's not that you're just attached. There's a grace upon this family because of your making that there be a need or there, there be that you have resources. But if you don't, it's a testament to the culture that made you. Look at what verse 7 says. It says, then after making the step to leave all that I've known as Abram, all that I've known, my father's house, it was along the way of my faith walk, responding to what he said, that he tells me how he will bless me. And do you know what he said to him? It will be to your offspring I will give this land. Please pay attention to what we read. He said that I want you to leave your father's household, leave your own country to a land I will show you. He told him, in this I will make you great. I'll make you a great nation, make your name great and all of these things. I will curse those that curse you, bless those that bless you. But along the way, God reveals another condition and says to him, it will be your offspring. Now, it's from this scripture we realize one of the main stories that hangs over the life of Abraham. His quest for a son. Where did it come from? God. We were not given anything to suggest that he was discontented with not having his own son. It was only after God told him that, you see the blessing I want to do for you is going to come through what you can produce. But here's the issue. God did not say that to him to make him discontented. God did not put in your heart a figure that you want to give to make you distressed. What he was trying to show you, if you continue to journey with him, is the way to reach that. Because the things that God will say is the condition for you to meet the blessing he has proposed to you will seem impossible. Let's look at the things that were impossible that surrounded the life of Abraham and Sarai. Sarai, Sarai at that time had already met her menopause. It's impossible for a woman to give birth at that time. The Bible says later of Abraham, when it gets to Abraham, it says that he finally considered his body as good as dead. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There were many things impossible. It's, you know, when we say that we're going to take Europe, it's impossible. But God did not give that to us to bring distress or discontentment. The things he set for us, he was also going to show us the way to it. But here's the problem. Abraham can only receive this instruction or this counsel in accordance to the culture he always knew. You know, when Pastor Toby says to you or says to us that a man will only hear instruction according to the person they've become. So what did this instigate? Look at this. The In fact, let's read it together. To your offspring, I will give this land. Yeah. So he built an altar there to the Lord yeah. who, who had appeared to him. Did he build an altar before? No. Go on. From there. He went on towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and I on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. I want you to take note of this. There he built an altar 
to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So his prayer now came out of whatever God had said to him. It seemed that if he cannot produce, he cannot have access to it. You know, it's like we left certain backgrounds and then it's like along the way you start to hear certain givings. And be honest with yourself. Sometimes you hear in your heart or you hear from leadership the core of a target, let's say, for example. Money is just easy to give as an example with, but it's bigger than money. However, you hear a target and sometimes it will seem impossible. You know, at some point, you start to build an altar or you start to call on God on the basis of you feel like you have to produce that to be able to respond or attain what he promised you when you left. How do I break this down? I need you to hear me. Okay, so most people will be ashamed to go back to their mom's house as if everything that they've done came to nothing. But when you left, you did not hear certain costs. You did not hear certain demands. You left because the idea sold to you that at 75, the idea that as a full-grown man coming out of Brixton, that you can be remade, was enough to entice you to leave. But the problem was that you was hit with a big demand along the way. And the conflict is now, I can't return. So I have to make this happen. But the issue is, again, even the most simple things that God is trying to say to you and I, if your person has not yet grown like you were saying, Pastor Glody, you will not be able to respond. The best you'll be able to create is Ishmael, a man that will mock everything that God wanted to give for you. A man that will leave you. A man who has no part in God's plan and prosperity for you and your generation. So we have to look at this issue because God wants us to understand how to grow in having an impact. Read that last verse for me again. From there he went on towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then, then Abram set out and continued towards the Negev. So this is the introduction of God and Abram walking together. What I want us to do is we're going to almost go from each chapter and pick out some key things. So remember that now I believe from scripture what instigated the quest of Abram to look for a child was the fact that whatever God promised, God said it will have to be from what? comes out of you yeah do we understand that first of all it's going to be out of what came out of you you know like the kind of religion that we were exposed to is that God just does everything for you but a real conversation with God is that along the way he starts to tell you what you have to put down now let's go to Genesis chapter 13 because we're going to look now at the life of Lot we're going to look at the life of Abraham, and we're going to see where God was going with all of this. Genesis chapter 13, verse 1, read for me. So Abraham went up from Egypt to the Negev with his wife and everything he had, 
and Lot went with him. Abram had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. From the Negev, he went from place to place until he came to Bethel, to the place between Bethel and Ai, where his tent had been earlier and where he had first built an altar. There, Abram called on the name of the Lord. Now Lot, who was moving about with Abram. Take note of that, now Lot. So when I was studying today, looking at the scripture, I realized something, so that I don't drag you along or keep you waiting. I realized that Abraham, or Abram, not Abraham, Abram was a culture. Lot was also a culture. These two were opposing ideologies. The Bible lets us know that an Abram, irrespective of the covenant set and said over your life, if you inhabit, if you carry along with you an embodiment of a culture, a thought, an ideology that opposes you, it will cause problems where you are. Now Lot, who was moving about with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents. This was a man that had his own possessions. In other words, he was a man of his own. He was walking with leaders or he was walking or he prospered under leadership. However, he was still a man of his own. You know, the Bible never once suggested that Lot was as morally was a bad person. He had covenants. Can we establish that? How do we know that? If we have the time to go into it later, you acknowledge the fact that even in a place as wicked as Sodom and Gomorrah, he was able to maintain daughters who were still pure. They were virgins. Yeah? So he wasn't, he wasn't, hear me with this, yeah? He was not fully participating. Let me repeat it so you don't miss me. He was not fully participating with the culture of Sodom and Gomorrah. But there's a problem. Now, Lot, who was moving about with Abraham, I'll get to explaining that, also had flocks and herds and tents. So, you know what you have to be careful of? And what we have to be careful of is not trying to recreate our own thing under a leader. Okay, Dory, lead it. Carry on reading, go on. But the land could not support them while they stayed together. The land, do you know why the land is important? Because if your possessions were lost, it's all dependent on the land you live on. Then they were rich based on their cattle. But if the land was barren, if the land had a famine, the livestock would die. Therefore, their riches would be consumed. It says, but the land could not support two opposing cultures. It could not support two ideologies. So if you really want to make an impact in and through the nation family, in and through wealth family, you cannot bring your own ideology to the idea, culture, and thought pattern that God is speaking to his man. But the land could not support them while they stayed together. For their possessions were so great 
that they were not able to stay together. Carry on reading, go on. And quarreling arose between Abram's herders and Lot's. The Canaanites and Perizzites were also living in the land at that time. So the issue wasn't that there were many people because there were different nations in that land too. So it's not a matter of how many were with Lot. Do you understand that? It was the idea. It was the culture. It was the thought pattern. Now carry on reading. Go on. So Abram said to Lot, let's not have any quarreling between you and me or between your herders and mine, for we are close relatives. Is not the whole land before you. Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. Okay. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Now pay attention from here. Go on. Lot looked around and saw that the whole plain of Jordan towards Zor was well watered, like the garden of the Lord. Think about that. I just said to you that the land here is the most important. Because if they will remain productive, it's going to be based on how fertile the land is. So let me try and because I told you I couldn't care less about Lot or Abram. God is trying to speak to us. The land that is fertile is nation family. But it will not work if there's an ideology plus your own. Eventually, it will force you to make a decision. The only problem is if you don't understand the integrity of your making, you will go in pursuit of something you feel you have not yet attained. So as for Lot, he looked around. The problem with mankind is when they started looking. God used to visit Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. That's all they needed to behold. But the more Eve's eyes wandered, she would eventually see the beauty of the fruit. That fruit would take her and make her opposed the ideology of God that he was trying to serve Adam Lot looked around and saw the whole plain of the Jordan yeah towards Saul was well watered it was well watered it looked fertile it looked like it produces think about the world that you see today sometimes it looks like the church is standing on grounds that are taking long to produce but it looks like when you're looking out there, it looks like people are creating certain things, right? Yeah, look at what it says, go on, like the land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom Please and Gomorrah. Please do not forget this point. Remember that Moses was the one that had the revelation of the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. So Moses already had insight to the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah when he wrote this. How do I say this now? Moses was speaking from a perspective of saying how things got to where they were. How did things get to here? Every time you hear the word, it serves you with options. And it tells you, you see this decision making, it will lead to this. This decision making, it will lead to this. That's why we have stories in the Bible. You see the decisions certain men made. And you would therefore see their fate. God, Moses thought it important to state that this was before when God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. It was once beautiful. 
But the fate of that which is beautiful but not endorsed by God is that it will be destroyed. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Let's keep going, go on. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out toward the east. The two men parted company. Abram lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived among the cities of the plain. Abram lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot among the cities of the plain. Look at what he does. And pitched his tents near Sodom. He what? Pitched his tents near Sodom. I read this. Again, for me to hear what God's trying to lead me to, I have to remove everything I've known. Have you ever questioned how someone who pitched their tents near Sodom ended up in the heart of Sodom? You know, you don't think about that. He was trying to play it safe. He set, he pitched his tent. He made his tent face Sodom. Okay, let me tell you where I'm going with all of this. To be, to have an impact, history and the word both testifies that to have impact in the world is dependable on your household. It's dependable on what your household lives and feeds off. If your household never taught you to think big, it's actually very, it's been shown and proved that you will not do anything big in life. If your household starts to teach you bigness, again, we see at the heart of nations are family houses. We see houses, we see the Rothschild family, we see the Koch family, we see all these houses that it's there that you are first impacted in order to have an impact on your nation. So we saw that the prosperity of a nation fell upon the responsibility of houses. What was taught there. But here's the problem of Lot. Lot positioned his house to look towards Sodom. Meaning everything that made Sodom was alluring him. It was attractive. He set his house to look at the things that made Sodom what Sodom was. Sodom was beautiful. That's why it was described as the garden of the Lord. It looked seemingly perfect until you entered the city. There are certain things that you are embracing from afar. And you're saying, I'm playing it safe. I'm not going to be fully in it. But the more you look at it, somehow what you was on the outskirts of, you'll find yourself right at the heart of it. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You'll find yourself right at the heart of it if you keep looking, if you keep thinking that the business model of the world is better than the business model that God is trying to show you. You're setting your house and its principles on that of Sodom and you will not realize when you've moved your tent from the outskirts of Sodom to the heart of Sodom. This is the problem because, again, these are conversations that God recognizes as conversations maybe not spoken out of the mouth. But I keep saying it, that God knows the conversations of the heart. When a person under leadership wonders, their eyes wonders, and they just, I think it was um, Pastor Abba's post, they just deemed that the grass is greener elsewhere. But what they didn't know is that whatever makes that that 
is a whole system of thought, a whole system of tradition, a whole system of culture. But everything will be rewarded. If it's not God's, it will not stand. If it was not produced by God, it will not stand. And sometimes when you're journeying with Abraham, it looks like you're waiting. It looks like everything's not responding. Yes, there's wealth that because you have to admit, Lot became powerful under the leadership of Abraham. But you see that power was only going to reveal that he was not satisfied with what he had already attained, which was Abraham. I realize that the best thing we can attain is leadership. Leadership that is producing. We've tackled this. I don't need to go back into it. But you remember that the Bible says we, cannot, we have not yet seen all things being brought under our feet. But we do see Jesus. It doesn't say we saw Christ because that can be regarded as a spiritual entity. We see a man that serves God's purpose. So that as long as I see leadership, as far as I remain, I remain powerful. Abraham chose to live in the land of Canaan. He was a stranger, though wealthy. He was a stranger in a land that it seemed that others actually owned. That land probably was not producing everything. We still don't know. There's no talk here that the land of Canaan at this point was a land flowing with milk and honey. There's no talk here yet. It had not yet started producing because the land will respond to the man, as PT said to us. If the man is in the garden, the garden will respond. Abraham lived in the land of Canaan while Lot lived amongst the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. Please carry on reading for me. Now the people of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. The Lord said to Abraham, after Lord had no, 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 please, let's break this down. So from afar, he's seen the beauty, but he can't see what's going on. The people of Sodom were sinning against the Lord. Everything they were building was an abomination to God. So you see, I realized, you know, I get why therefore Satan couldn't be ugly or scary because he'll be unattractive. That which is to bring your downfall will be attractive to you. Hence why God could not, or Satan could not entice Christ with a woman. He had to entice him with nations. He builds and shapes himself according to what you want. And it's there that you are tested. That land was sinning. The Lord said to Abraham, now look at the conversation that God decided to have with Abraham after Lot had parted from him. Look at what he says. Look around you from where you are yeah. to the north and south, to the east and west. All the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring. Here's the issue. You keep mentioning this offspring that I cannot yet see. You keep saying that you're going to give me um, children. You keep saying you're going to give me a generation, but I can't see it. And I can imagine what Abraham was going through in his mind because Lot was the only image at that point of a son. He was the only image of a son at that point for Abraham. But God said, look, I know you wanted to hold on to him because he looks like what you think you, you are to have. But I can speak to you upon his departure because I'm trying to say to you that your ways are not my ways. 
What I'm trying to do is not as you think. How would you grow in the knowledge of what I'm trying to do? Keep journeying with me. All the land that you, you see, I will give. He's still speaking to him of something he will do. Not that he has done. He says, I will give, meaning journey with me. I will give to you and your offspring forever. Go on. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. You understand what that means? I will make your offspring what you think you don't know or what you think you don't have. I will make him many. I'll make him numerous. I'll make him a multitude. Again, Abraham probably thinking, I have not yet bought a child. So what are you saying to me? And how do I know that Abraham was thinking like this? He's distressed and his quest, his thirst for a child was what was going to lead him to bearing Ishmael. If that was not what he was after, he would not have taken the proposal of taking his wife's servant. Please, we're going somewhere. Remember, so that you can stay paying attention with me. We're not talking about Abraham, Abraham, Lot, Sarai, or Sarah. We're talking about us. God is trying to speak to us. So that if anyone could count the dust. Then your offspring could be counted. Yeah. Go, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. So Abraham went to live near the great trees of Mamre at Hebron, where he pitched his tent. There he built an altar to the Lord. There he built an altar to the Lord. So let's, let's pause and think about this. So here we see that the talk has evolved. First it was leave your father's household. Along the way he was like, now you see whatever I promised to you, it will happen through what you produce through your offspring or at least he thought it was going to be from what he produces now when lot departs when one is sown the conversation of many comes that you see your offspring they will be like the dust and if any man can count the dust so your generation so your offspring can be counted it's there we realize that God was given to Abraham a how do I say this? Um, he was given to Abraham something that he could not imagine. A posterity that he could not imagine. God was speaking to him. I'm going to give you a generation. Why I say it's what you can't imagine is because he's still looking for one son. He's still looking for one move. But what God wanted to give him was a whole generation. You know, it's like, when Pastor Toby says to us that you cannot be more ambitious for your life than God is, most times what deception will do, what the system will do, is make your heart and soul be latched onto something that is very small in the eyes of God. What God wants to do with you, Basola, is more than what your mind can fathom. And the only way to embrace it is to constantly walk free-minded with him. Ready to receive. There's a time we could not imagine the things we see today. Yet, it's still not all that God wants to do. So, with this, we know the story. Lot 
we, we, we see that one day. How do I say this now about this getting known? Okay, we see that one day. Um, or maybe start verse 14 actually. I'll stop you and then I'll explain something. Go on. At the time when... Chapter 14, sorry. At the time when Amraphel was king of Shinar, Arya, king of Elisar, Kedalaomar, king of Elam, and Tidal, king of Goyim, these kings went to war against Bera, king of Sodom, Bersha, king of Gomorrah, Shinab, king of Admar, Shemabah, king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, that is Zor. All these latter kings joined forces in the valley of Sidim, that is, the Dead Sea Valley. For twelve years they had been subject to Kedalaomar, but in the thirteenth year they rebelled. In the fourteenth year, Kedalaomar and the kings allied, allied with him went out and defeated the Rephites in Ashtaroth Karnaim, the Zuzites in Ham, the Emites in Sheveth Karathaim, and the Horites in the hill city of, Ze of, Se of Seir, as far as El Paran, near the desert. Then they turned back and went to En Mishfat, that is, Kadesh, and they conquered the whole territory of the Amalekites, as well as the Amorites, who were living in Hazazon Tamar. Then the king of Sodom, the king of Gomorrah, the king of Admar, the king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, that is Zor, marched out and drew up their battle lines in the valley of Sidim against Kedalaomar, king of Elam, Tidal, king of Goyim, Amraphel, king of Shinar, and Ariok, king of Elisar, four kings against five. Now the valley of Sidim was full of tarpits, and when the king of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, some of the men fell into them, and the rest fled to the hills. The four kings seized all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their food. Then they went away. They also carried off Abram's nephew Lot and his possessions. Don't ever forget the scripture. Because he lived with them, they were able to carry off Abram's nephew Lot and his possessions. Why? Since he was living in Sodom. You again you have to ask yourself how a man who was once walking with Abraham decided because he felt that he was growing powerful to create his own ideology. He just thought that there's something he can think better than Abraham. And let me tell you something. He probably logically had reasons to believe he fought better than Abraham. Because as far as we know, he has children. What does that mean in what I'm trying to say to you? It looks like he produces results. It looks like he's able to make things happen. But you see, when God's, God's core is bigger than your brilliance, it's the integrity of his making. The intention behind it. Now, what I want you to think of is Lot left where? Abraham. What was the first step to his destruction? He set his tent towards Sodom. What does that mean? 
He was no longer looking or building a house according to the ideas and culture that Abraham was building his house. He was looking at how beautiful Sodom was. How would I too become beautiful? So whatever Sodom will present was what he will present to his own household. Again, is that Pastor Obi's opinion? No, the Bible says they carried him, they carried him off since he was living in Sodom. How did he get inside Sodom? Lot was once a man of covenant. He was once a man with resolve. But he abandoned his resolve for the beauty of Sodom and what Sodom can present. Before we move forward with this scripture, also get me Genesis 19. Because, you know, we know the backstory of this topic or this situation. That Abraham rallied his own forces, right? And went and took back Lot. But then we know the fate of Sodom, that it was destroyed. Meaning that the story of Sodom is not done. Genesis chapter 19, we then see that God, or before that, that scripture, we realize that God had heard or the wickedness of Sodom had reached to him. And he decided to come down to see if it's as bad as he hears it to be. Yeah? I'm trying to give you backstory to save us reading many um, chapters. He comes. Then we know the petition that Abraham brought because your question will be, Abraham recovered Lot, but somehow Lot found himself back in Sodom. You know what's unique about Genesis 14? Genesis 14 is one of the scriptures of, one of the scriptures that we take a certain conviction from. Going ahead of myself, one of the convictions is that the most powerful thing, yeah, what's more powerful than gold? Soil. PT expressed that this last week, meaning people is better than what gold you can receive. Because it's still untold what that soil can amount to be. So we see two kings one that represents the king of Salem, Melchizedek, meaning the king of righteousness, of peace. Then we also are met, or Abraham is met along the way in the king's valley, we'll come back here, by another king, the king of Sodom, which is the king of wickedness. Did you notice what the king of wickedness, the king of Sodom asked him for? Give me your people. Give me your people and you can keep the plunder. Because the war showed him that wealth without people can still not do anything. So he realized, look, you can take the plunder, but give me the people. But you see, again, I'm asking you, Lot, what's the issue with Lot? That even after seeing that where he was, it would still take the idea of his leader, of his father, Abraham, to save him. Why would you see that and go back to Sodom? Now, Lot, as righteous as he was, did not know that God was coming down to utterly destroy Sodom. Remember that Sodom was beautiful. Remember that Sodom was like the garden of the Lord based on observation. 
Like I said to you about the Anax, a name was given that alludes to their wealth. Sodom looked like it was doing well. In fact, when the angel that had gone to Abraham to tell him that the world or that the world of Sodom and Gomorrah was to be destroyed, when that angel got to Sodom, they met Lot at the city gate. This is where transactions were going on. This was the place of trade, meaning that it looked like things were happening. That's what I'm trying to sell to you. It looked like everything was working in Sodom and Gomorrah. But here's the problem. Um, Abraham had to make a deal with God. And he said, he started off with, if you can find 50 men righteous, would you destroy it? And you know the story. He went all the way till when it was just 10. After 10, you ask yourself, Abraham, why were you satisfied with 10? Do you know 10 people righteous in Sodom? If we don't ask ourselves these questions, there are wisdoms that we're keeping away from ourselves. There are things we're not willing to learn. We're not willing to know because we're already occupied with an understanding. So we're not looking for understanding. But let's leave that. Now read from Genesis chapter 19 from verse 1. Go on. The two angels arrived at Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. The place of transaction, yeah? When he saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. My lords, he said, please turn aside to your servant's house. You can wash your feet and spend the night and then go on your way early in the morning. No, they answered. We will spend the night in the square. But he insisted so strongly that they, did, that they did go with him and entered his house. He prepared a meal for them, baking bread without yeast, and they ate. Before they had gone to bed, all the men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. They, they, called, to, they called to Lot, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. Lot went outside to meet them and shut the door behind him and said, No, my friends, don't do this wicked thing. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you and you can do what you like with them. But don't do anything to these men. Okay, so we just wanted to see how wild this has grown to. Again, what looked, what, what looked beautiful on the outside was chronically bad on the inside. Again, if you want to influence someone, make it enticing enough for, one to, for someone to want to participate in it. Now, what's my whole point with all of this? I want you to kind of find me, because it's a long chapter, find me when the angel started to warn Lot and tell him to leave. This is where I'm going to start rounding up. I feel, and I want to say this to you, I realize how far, it's like more and more I'm checking scriptures and I realize that God does not care how long you walked with him. If you're not faithful to what he's saying, sentiment will not make you obligate, uh, will not make you obliged to having the blessings of that walk. God wants to see us go through it. Did you hear what I've just said to you? You know, I'm hearing this and I'm coming up with a resolve again. 
to be faithful. You know, most people have attachments to the wrong thing and it makes them not have the attachment with what's proper. Let's just leave that. What verse are you going to read from? Verse 14, sir. Read it. Go on. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law who were pledged to marry his daughters. Yeah. He said, hurry and get out of this place because the Lord is about to destroy the city. But his sons-in-law thought he was joking. Why would he think he's joking? Sodom and Gomorrah was beautiful. Everything was working well. Everything looks like it works. So for there to be a destruction, especially a sudden destruction, was beyond what someone can comprehend. So it had to be a joke. Carry on reading. Go on. With the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, Hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away when the city is punished. And when he hesitated, the men grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and of his two daughters and led them safely out of the city. For the Lord was merciful to them. Yeah. As soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, Flee for your lives. Don't look back. And don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. But Lot How do you leave a culture that will bring about your destruction? You must flee from it. There's an attitude by which you leave that. Again, do not think culture is outside of you. I'm actually trying to say your culture is your whole shaping of your mind. Most people cannot produce or will not last long because they failed to leave their culture. That culture still reigns. They still live in it. So they, can be, they could have been journeying. Let me also tell you, they could have been someone that produced at pivotal moments. But God is actually looking at those who have longevity. Those who can continue. I'm going to take you to a scripture in a moment. Those who can see it through because the blessing is for them. So he says, look, as I've let you out of the city, he says, flee for your lives. This city is trying to destroy you. This way of this city is trying to destroy you. But until you understand that destruction is coming upon the city, you won't flee. Look at what the scripture is about to show us. Go on. But Lot said to them, No, my Lord, please. Your servant has found favor in your eyes, and you have shown great kindness to me in sparing my life. Yeah. But I can't flee to the mountains. This disaster will overtake me, and I'll die. Look, here is a town near enough to run to, and it is small. Let me flee to it. It is very small, isn't it? Then my life will be spared. Do you, do you understand the scripture? The angels told him to run to the mountain. If they had obeyed that, they would have actually survived the calamity. But even Lot could not dare try to do something that was totally different from what he knew. So he said, look, take me to the next best thing. Take me to what's a neighbor to this. Because if not, this change would destroy me. But you see, if God wants to bless you, it's actually a dying process you have to go through. You must totally leave. You cannot be the Nigerian that came out of your mom's house or the Ghanaian or the Congolese person. You cannot be the prim and proper person of that culture because that culture could not make you anything. 
you have to totally flee it. If not, you will not. So again, most of us, I actually realized something, something PT said a while ago, why the nation is dangerous. The nation is actually something that some people have always been looking for. Let me reword it. You remember that PT actually illustrated, and I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember how exactly he said it. But some people find the nation convenient. Because if their life was, I want to become popular, they see that the nation is growing in popularity. So they're not really in the nation, but they're trying to benefit from it. They're not really a part of this nation. So you see the issue with Lot now is that Lot was leaving, but he wanted to remain. Because again, it's very... Um, even if you check in things like geography, culture is usually not isolated for a place, especially if it has neighboring towns and villages. Culture usually affects all of them. They have a similar culture. Just like one thing you know about Nigerians is that they're loud, especially if they're Yoruba. It doesn't matter about the place. It's what surrounds it. But carry on reading. Let's get to where I need us to get to. And I'll start wrapping up. Go on. Verse 21. Yeah. He said to him, very well, I will grant this request too. I will not overthrow the town you speak of, but flee there quickly because I cannot do anything until you reach it. That is, that is why the town was called Zoar. By the time Lot reached Zoar, the sun had risen over the land. Yeah. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, destroying all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. The land is important again. But look at verse 26 because this is a famous scripture. Go on. But Lot's wife looked back. Now pause. But Lot's wife looked back. And you know, like P.T. said to us, there are many conversations in the Old Testament that does not conclude itself until you go to the New Testament. But Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Now, for me, reading that at face value, that's mean. Something is going on. Out of fear when you're running, yeah? Don't you look back sometimes? So if it was just looking back, that's unfair. Until we see Christ's take on the same story, Luke chapter 17, verse 30. Read from verse 30 quickly. Then I'll go back to Abraham. This was just me showing you um, the fate of someone who leaves leadership. Go on. It will be just like this on the day the Son of Man is revealed. Who is speaking here? Christ, who explains all things. Look at what he says. Go on. On that day, no one who is on the housetop with possessions inside should... Maybe read from a few verses back. Yeah, just find somewhere. It was, verse 28, it was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking. Everything was merry. It was all to be celebrated. People were eating and drinking. Go on. Buying and selling. Buying and selling, yeah. Planting and building. The world was responding to their ideas at that time. But look at what happened. But the day Lot, Lot left Sodom, 
fire and sulfur rain down from heaven and destroy them all. Yeah. It will be just like this on the day the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, no one who was on the housetop with possessions inside. Now pay attention. What did we see notable with Lot? He had possessions. Yeah. Now read that with that understanding. On that day, yeah. No one who was on the housetop with possessions inside should go down to get them. Yeah. Likewise, no one in the field should go back for anything. Yeah. Remember Lot's wife. Now you think that's a strange or isolated scripture. Lot's wife did not just look back. She went back. How do I say this now? I need you to hear me. So it's possible for you to journey with what's liberating you, but still be made by what's being destroyed. When you go and check even the Hebrew behind when he says that she looked back, it was more than just having a glance. She contemplated her whole life to Sodom. There are people, maybe you need to hear me saying this, there are people journeying but still living off a, a, a culture that is self-destructing. I've said it to you many times before. Many of these destructions we see, there's no tangible evidence of it. But I said to you that usually when God has rejected someone, the Bible says he's given them over to reprobate, reprobate minds. Meaning that they would just begin to destroy themselves because they don't know they're making so what happened with remembers Lot's wife? What was Christ saying? On the day that I'm ready to destroy something, do not go back and take anything from it. What Lot's wife saw was that she was now, because of what God was saying, she was about to enter into what seemed like nothing. And everything that made her her. Oh, how do I say this? A woman presents, even dresses themselves in a certain way based on the way they think. But you ask yourself, where did that thought pattern come from? If you go back and try to live today in the mindset that you are to run away from, you too will be a victim of the destruction of that culture. Do you understand that? Remember Lot's wife was, do not go back and take anything. So she was not willing to lose her life. She found or she accumulated or she accounted her life to being in Sodom. And that's how she became. I love that the Bible does not say she turned into. Because then it will sound very um, spooky. It says she became. She lost her own identity. And she became something that she should not have been. Because her life was found where? In Sodom. So Christ said... Do not go back. If you're found on the housetops, do not go back to take anything. But all of that is just to lead me to Genesis 17. So you keep that in mind. Most of us must actually be honest with ourselves. Are you in this walk still running with a culture that God is judging? Because even if you're running with Lot you will become something that is of no use. How do we have an impact? When Abraham was 99 years old, yeah? The Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. 
walk before me faithfully and be God blameless. God did not care that Abraham had been walking for 24 years. When God spoke to him, he was 75. When God appeared himself to him, he was now 99. 24 years of serving God had passed. Yet, God was still asking that you will have to walk before me faithfully. You now have to consider what does it mean to walk before him. To, to take and adapt or to take up his ways. He says you must be perfect to it. If the blessing I spoke to you 24 years ago will come upon your life. I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Yeah. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Yeah. Abraham fell face down and God said to him. I love this. Abraham fell face down. Meaning, so what you don't know, or what we didn't have time to read today is by this time, he's produced a son, but realized still the blessing hasn't come. The son he had produced was Ishmael. That which was works, fruits of his own flesh. And it was only at this point that Abraham will begin to understand that the call that it will be through your offspring that I will bless you and the nations. He realized it was not going to be his own effort. The only thing that God would be concerned about is if he can remain in this culture, it will naturally produce. Of course, we now know this culture has been the culture of faith. If he stays in it, somehow it will produce. Sometimes you look at what flesh can produce because, or, or you're enticed by it because you can predict it. But what God wants to do is unpredictable because it's not common to man. He says that Abraham fell face down almost to, to, to show forth that he now submits. 24 years of walking before God, but he had not yet come to the place of submission. Abraham fell face down and God said to him what? Go on. As for me, this is my covenant with you. Yeah. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abraham. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. Now, do you see what happens here? Let's read the scripture because God does not speak loosely. Verse 4 again. Let me break this to you. Go on. As for me. As for me. This is God speaking. This is my covenant with you. If you agree to walk faithfully to the culture I'm showing you, you will be the father of many nations. Can you say that to yourself? You will be the father of many nations. Why? Read the next verse. No longer will you be called Abraham. Your name will be Abraham. You know, we get caught up with the fact of the name change. Yeah? But the submission that God gave me was that whatever you will be, you will be because you have been made like that. It says you will be the father of many nations. Why? For I have made you. You don't understand that. So, you know, most people are trying to be what God didn't make them to be. Why? I said we will come back to Genesis chapter 14 verse 14 was that Abraham could not understand when God said to him that you will father many. Your offspring will be like the dust. Do you know why? His understanding, his culture, 
um, what's the word now? Hindered God. Contained God. And in his mind, he had to produce for himself to be considered a father. But you see in Genesis 14 verse 14, have you got it? Yes, sir. Read it for me quickly. Then you will understand why I went all the way around just to repeat to you my first comment today. Go on. When Abram heard that his relative had been taken captive, he called out the 318 trained men born in his household. And when Abraham or Abram was already a father of many. In his household, born into his household, was already 318 men. Men become nations. There was at least already 318 nations in his household. But you see, what God is concerned about us is the children born out of an idea more than what is born out of your own flesh. When you look at Pastor Toby, we celebrated how powerful the word was on Sunday. But you see, every person served as an example were children born to him out of the culture he kept up. So God said to him in Genesis 17, you will be the father of many nations, not because you did anything good, only because I made you like that. I said to you at the beginning that the function of the word is to call to your awareness that which you already have. The pursuit for his own son made him blind of the many children he already had in his house. So usually why we're not effective is because someone was with the leaders yesterday and sometimes you're looking for what looks like what your culture told you is proper. You would be looking for somebody because culture has told you that if this is going to be this, it must look like this. But God's culture actually establishes the thought of eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. Meaning that it's not according to what you've known. It can only be fully realized by faith. So Abraham, at this point, what I'm trying to say to you is that Abraham was always Abraham. He was always a father of many nations. The acquisition of nations was going to be based on the 318 trained in his own household. The Bible says they were born in a household. You know, if you're not thinking, you will ask yourself, in 24 years, can you, can you give birth to 318 men by giving birth? No, 24 years was him sharing with them the culture he was living by. And it produced men that can go to war. So God actually said to us, you know, the problem is most people are looking at finished products or looking for finished products when God gave you soil. When God gave you what you will probably despise. You can look at who's the youngest among us now. Probably Paula, right? You look at her and you think she's nothing. And so the world will begin to say to you, give me your people because you don't know them and I'll give you gold because you think gold makes you. But your sheep, the people that you are leading, it's untold what they will become if they follow the same culture you're living by. So I wanted to just say through going through all of this that there was a lot of journeying only for God to somehow tell Abraham that you will be 
for I have made you to be. God needs you. So I realize it's not leading many nations. That's not a tomorrow's talk. That becomes a reality once I acknowledge it now. That each person here, people ask, I was sat down by the leaders, the generals, and they said to us, they were saying to me that they were amazed. Pastor Oni was saying that he was amazed by the social media. He was asking, who's the person doing it? I said, Lydia. They were amazed. Pastor Dami came to me saying, how is it that you guys have gathered many nations? Please. Pastor Sam then went on and you made it as a joke. The boots that has gone to different, without, however he said it, has gone to different nations without going there. How did we get access to the nations? The making of this family already gave us that. And the only way you actually have access to the nations is by looking more at the thing you're not looking at. It's possible to look at the grand thing you're looking for tomorrow by making yourself blind to the thing that is in your hand already. You think of Noah. Every ark, I want you to get ready, every ark that needs to be built was going to be, you know, that looks like an impossible task until he realizes that where he has been born or where he has put his house was going to give him access to every resources that he needed to build the impossible, the unimaginable, the unseen. So I want to say this to you, that everything that we are to be, when God says you will be, let, let's read that once more, 17. Just give him one, one of the mics, 17. No longer will you be called Abraham. No longer will you be called Abraham. We'll read from the verse before. From verse 4. Yeah. As for me. As for me, yeah. This is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. You will be. If we say that you will be a multi-billionaire, you will be. You can't add to it. Because when I made you, I already wrote everything concerning your life. So actually, what will make you a great leader, Basola, it's not what you can add to yourself. It's the appreciation of who you are and what God has given you. Are you hearing me well, family? Everything that we'll become will only grow when we begin to appreciate our making. That's not then saying that, because I've shown you a lot to say that it's possible for you to be here and be made or testifying to another culture. What God is looking for is, Abraham, do you understand that you're already a father of many nations? The culture, what you're teaching them, he said of Abraham, that surely he will become a powerful nation. Why? For I have chosen him so that he would direct his children and those born in his household to do what is right and just. That's what made him a father of many nations. So you see the years of us constantly talking. There was times we had to go to Birmingham. There was times we had to go to Leicester. We were already becoming the father of many nations. But we cannot attain it until the word does its work and makes you sure of you. Because if you're not sure of who you are, so you would then understand why at the, at the revelation of Peter of Christ, God had to tell Christ who Peter was. Because until Peter knows who he is, he cannot execute what he was made to be. You will be, for I have made you. Read it for me and we can give it over to Livingstone. As for me, this is my covenant with you. So I want you to always remind yourself of this. You will be. 
every word you've heard myself say or any of the leaders or Pastor Toby have said, it's not something outside of you. If not, it would not have come from the words to you. You will be the father of many nations. Go on. No longer will you be called Abraham. Yeah. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many you nations. You see that? So I say you will be. He's just trying to tell you the moment you realize who you are, then you'll begin to function as I've made you. So that's why I said that what Pastor Glody started off with, that we must have the understanding of our function. So let me say this. Yes, there's a culture that makes us one family. That's the words that PT is speaking. But Pastor Ben cannot be me. And the longer that he keeps trying, the more he despises himself for whatever it looks like Pastor Opie is. He's robbing all of us of a certain expression. You will be, when we start to say, oh, Pastor Ben, money, you know, those are words that came effortlessly to him. That you say that this is the money guy, or this person does business, or this person's a leader of women. All of these things are effortlessly because God made you that way. And the moment, if our family, if wealth family believes that we were called to be wealthy, you always say it, the way we dress, the way we like good things, it's not us looking for something. Even with little, we always try to show it. We have been made like this. The moment I appreciate that, then you will be. So I want you, wherever you are in all the houses, what we're going to do is worship with Livingstone Community. And as we're worshiping, what I want you to ponder on are all the words you've heard spoken to you. Now, if you feel like you don't have words spoken to you as an individual, ponder on the words you've heard spoken to the family, that we will prosper young and prosper long, that we, the smallest of us will be multi-millionaires. Trust in this culture. If you keep with this walk, this faith walk, yes, it may be illogical to what you've known, but faith will definitely produce. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So Livingstone Community.